0: Welcome to the Life Tree Community Church podcast. These are recorded during our weekly services in Robbinsville, New Jersey. Our prayer is that these messages help you grow in your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So this morning, I'm I'm just really uh, excited and in, to uh, introduce our guest with us. Gil Rodriguez is here. Uh, Gil and his wife Gladys have been in Spain for more than twenty years as the is the regional directors. Area, oh, yeah. area directors of Spain and overseeing uh, much of that, that part of Europe, and, and overseeing missionaries and equipping, and, and just serving in that part of the world. Um, and uh, we, I've known Gil for a long time. He probably remembers me from, you know, we go, our families go way back. My dad. So here's the thing you need to know about Gil. Gil is now transitioning to a new role. I'll kind of let him explain if you'd like. But he's now going to become my dad's boss. So we got to be on our best behavior here. <laughs> Notice my father is not here today. Okay, he just knew he wasn't, uh, no, it's, uh, so it's just exciting, I'm thrilled uh, to have him share and hear what God's put on his heart, and uh, so would you give him a life tree welcome this morning please, to Gil as he comes and shares.
1: Okay, thank you. That's fine. Great. Well, good morning everyone, it's great to be here, and uh, thanks for that explanation on your dad's, you know, he's not here, no, I'm just kidding. I'll have to give him a hard time about that, but we're we're excited. Um, we've been in uh, missions for about um, uh, I guess over 23 years now. First went a number of years ago uh, when we were young and and uh, daring, and so I still feel young and I still feel daring. <laughs> so we're really really excited. We went to Spain for as church planters, and we started and established several churches, and taught in the Bible school there, and helped with leadership training and development. My wife was very instrumental in uh, with developing children's ministries and doing children's church and helping churches also establish their children's ministries. So uh, as Dan was saying earlier that the, 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 about the BGM, uh, BGMC thing that you guys are doing next week, extremely, extremely important as we relied heavily upon BGMC to help us develop those Sunday schools, not just in our church but in, in churches uh, throughout Spain as well. So it's been a great blessing to us and for us in all these years. We've had a great journey. We've had a great time. Uh, about five years ago, I was asked to serve as a uh, area director for, for Southern Europe, uh, going on six years now. And uh, that that was basically we, we had to watch over about eight countries. We started the Canary Islands, went over to Portugal, to Spain, to Italy, Malta, uh, Greece, Albania, and Kosovo. And so for the last almost six years, we've been we were ministering in these countries with our alongside of our missionaries and. Helping them, partnering alongside of them. Interesting enough, about 2015, uh, you're probably aware of it, but uh, we had over a million refugees that came into Europe, and they still continue to come. And so that was a very unique opportunity to to do great and tremendous ministry, which continues to go on today. Uh, we're finding many of the of those refugees that that have come. Of course, they they've come from countries where you and I could not go in on an American passport. Period. Uh, But they're coming to us, and so it's providing another great opportunity for us to to do ministry with these people that come from places where where they would never, I mean, they can't even walk around with a Bible in their hands. You talk about what what Dan was saying earlier, you know, we take for granted water and maybe fresh air. They could not walk around with a Bible in their hands. They would be severely persecuted, imprisoned, as well as their families in tremendous uh, jeopardy. But we're finding a tremendous opportunities with them, and God is doing some incredible things as they're coming to find faith in the Lord and be getting baptized and, and becoming disciples of Jesus. And the, and I've spoken to I was in Austria in in, uh, in March and uh, been in Greece also, traveled many times, but was there recently as well, seeing the whole refugee situation. That's just amazing what God is doing. Um, there's stacks. We have stacks and stacks of, of Thousands, literally thousands of people that have professed their faith in Christ and uh, been baptized. It's just a tremendous hunger uh, among them right now. So it's been a, God's been doing some great, great things that we're excited about serving in all these years. And as Dan said, we're transitioning into a new role, a more global role as we'll be uh, helping missionaries around the world. And we're excited about this. And also, it'll be great to um, be working with your dad. In fact, I've got a meeting with him this week. So just, a... Uh, I've known Dave for many, many years, a great, great man, his, uh, his wife, Cheryl, as well, great people and great servants of God. So we're, again, God's just been, got us on this wonderful <clears throat> journey, and it's been great, and we're excited to be here. So um, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to share a quick scripture with you that kind of talks about what our story has been like these last uh, 23 years, and just to share a quick update of a recent event that we were we were part of in, in a church in, in, in Madrid as we continue to serve as uh, air directors for Southern Work, we were, we always had a hand in church planning. It's our heart. It's, it's what we really love and, and do so. I, you know, when I came in, I was looking all over the place and Dan was telling me, I just, I just love it. I just love it. So I, I congratulate you and as well and, and, and others that have been part of this. It's, it's a really exciting journey and God's got greater things in store. But if you turn to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 40, Exodus chapter 40, it's a story here it's the last it's kind of like the closing the, the closing power the closing idea of exodus um, i'll be reading from a version it's called the the new king james version that 's what i'm reading out of, of this morning but uh, Exodus chapter chapter forty and verse thirty four it says here then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle and Moses was not able to Enter the tabernacle of meeting, because the cloud rested above it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, the children of Israel would not go onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not journey until the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was above the tabernacle by day, and the fire over it by night, in the spirit of the house of Israel throughout all of their journeys. Now, uh, it ends with this, uh, how the Lord would just bear with them and, and helping them. But I'm going to read further um, in the book of Numbers. If you turn to the book of Numbers, again, reading out of the New King James Version, chapter 9, uh, starting in verse 15. Numbers chapter 9, starting in verse 15. The, the, there's a further explanation as to what this really means and how this is supposed to work with them. And it really ties in, like I said, to how we have been following the Lord all these years and how he's been leading and guiding us. And it's been a great, great journey. It says in Numbers chapter, chapter, 9, verse 15, it says, Now on the day that the tabernacle was raised up, the cloud covered the tabernacle, the tent of the testimony, from evening until morning. It was above the tabernacle like an appearance of fire. So it, al- so it was always. The cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night. Whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, after, the children of Israel, uh, after that, the children of Israel would journey. And in the place where the cloud settled, there the children of Israel would pitch their tents. At the command of the Lord, the children of Israel would journey, and at the command of the Lord, they would camp. As long as the cloud stayed above the tabernacle, they remained encamped. Even when the cloud continued long many days above the tabernacle, the children of Israel kept charge of the Lord and did not journey. So it was, when the cloud was above the tabernacle a few days, according to the command of the Lord, they would remain encamped and around, and according to the command of the Lord, they would journey. So it was, when the cloud remained only from evening till morning, when the cloud was taken up in the morning, then they would journey, whether by day or night. Whenever the cloud was taken up, they would journey. Whether it was two days, a month, or a year, that the cloud remained above the tabernacle, the children of Israel would remain encamped and not journey. But when it was taken up, they would journey. At the command of the Lord, they remained encamped, and at the command of the Lord, they journeyed. They kept the charge of the Lord at the command of the Lord by the hand of Moses. Now, um, there was a lot of uh, uh, things t- taking place here. The children of Israel were basically in Egypt at this point, uh, uh, slaves. If you read through Exodus, and, and they were under bondage for over 400 years, and so finally God sent the servant Moses to go in there and say, "Okay, let's take them out." Well, through a series of in- incredible miracles and supernatural events, God was able to pull them out, and Moses was their leader, and they finally come, came out of Israel, of, of excuse me, of Egypt. When they came out, now they're traveling of course, to the promised land. This was their, their, their final destination. It was a place that God was going to prepare and had prepared for them to go in to conquer, to take control, and to establish them and begin to work with them as their people, as a nation, and develop them in relationship with him, God the Father. And so now their, their journey was out of Egypt and now on their way going to the promised land, and they had to go, of course, through a wilderness area or a barren desert-type area. And so they 're coming out of there, and it was really important that they begin to understand who their who their God was now there's a picture here that I have it kind of it 's not i didn 't go back in time to take this, but for, anyway it, it, it at least depicts a little bit what was taking place, but they it was a visible it was a visible cloud they could see this cloud, and when the, this place called the tabernacle was basically a a place where it was established for them to have times of worship and do they're their, uh, coming into account with God. It was a place where the presence of the Lord was literally at with them. And it was, again, it was to help them establish this idea that God was with them, number one. But number two, it was also important for them to understand that wherever God would lead them, they would need to follow. Extremely important. So wherever God would lead them, they would need to follow. This sign or this cloud was it was necessary because after being living under bondage and slavery for over 400 years, they needed to get reconnected with their God. They needed to reestablish some, some clear understandings and relationship with God in order to follow him, in order to understand that God was truly their God and he was going to help them, lead them, guide them, provide for them, protect them on their way through. And so this cloud was there necessary for them to understand how important it is to follow wherever God would lead them and guide them. So that's why it says, you know, whether it was one day, two days, a year, they needed to, to follow this cloud. It also says in the passage that we read, seven times, seven times in the passage that we read in Numbers, it mentions at the command of the Lord. It was necessary to understand that this is something that they had to follow. It was something that was important for their lives because God was truly going to lead them into a place where they, he wanted them to be and in a place where he can establish The things that he wanted to establish, not just in their lives, but also around the world. So how important it was for them to understand the importance of following the cloud. And so they did. Many great things happened with them. Three things here real quick. The cloud gave them a sense of purpose. The cloud also provided provision for them. And the cloud also gave them power. And I just want to talk about those three things real quick here and how this relates to our, our missionary journey. It gave them a sense of purpose, purpose in that because they were living, like as I said earlier, in bondage and slavery, they really had no purpose, no identity as, as a people. They were enslaved. They could not necessarily do the things that they wanted to do, even if they desired to, because they had these, these taskmasters master, over them, basically telling them what they had to do and how long they had to work. And it was real difficult. But following the cloud gave them a sense of purpose, a sense of identity, a sense of we are truly God's people. We are truly called out to be God's people. God's called us out of bondage, out of slavery, and he's called us to be his children. And so following the cloud gave them this sense of purpose, the sense of destiny, that God has got a bigger and a better plan for my life. As long as I am following him, he will lead me, he will guide me, but I need to follow him. I need to follow wherever He's leading, wherever He's guiding. I need to listen and obey His voice. I need to understand how the Lord is wanting me to serve Him. And in doing that, this gives purpose in my life. As we started out in missions many years ago, you know, we first went to Spain and we're in a small town called Alcoy. Uh, And then we helped in a church plant there. And then coming back for a time of, of visiting the churches, when we returned back again to Spain in the year 2000, as we were praying, seeking God, we were like, what are we going to do in this next term? This next?" And God began to put in our hearts guilt, it's time to plant a church in Madrid. So we went to Madrid, the capital city, four and a half million people. Uh, there was a handful of churches, and we started planting this church. And when we started planting this church, we were at ground, we were probably below ground zero. <laughs> we had nothing to, to start, no, no chairs, and no, nothing. It was, it was just a, no workers, uh, no equipment. Uh, but God was faithful, and, and there was a couple of years it was really hard. You kind of wonder, man, did I make a right decision here? But I could always go back and remember the day when the Lord said, you know, Gladys, I want you guys to plant a church. And God then moved us to live in Madrid, and we were faithful there working. And, of course, uh, and then God helped us, and God provided, and it was amazing. But we had the sense of we knew that this is where God wanted us to be, and it was important for us to know that. That we can then follow him and be faithful to him, and as we did, the Lord did some incredible things, and the Lord, uh, the church began to grow, and 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 it was always in our DNA of the church to start other churches, so we began to do that in around the city, and then we found some other workers, and it grew, it it was about three hundred people, and it was amazing, all the things. When I look back, I thought, wow, we were with the church for about eight years, wonderful time, but God. It's you know that all started because we knew that God gave us a sense of purpose and direction. Here's what we needed to be, and here's what we went. And God provided, and God did incredible things. Number two, as I mentioned, provision. How important it is for God's provision to be upon our lives? It was we were, um, as they, I should say, as they were traveling through the, uh, the wilderness. It's amazing. How do you take care of of that many people in, in a wilderness or in a desert area? They were always, they always had water. They had food. Tells us in Exodus how God provided manna from heaven. It was kind of like a wafer type thing that came down every morning and, and they found it except, except on, on the Sabbath. And there they found this wafer and every morning they were able to pick from it and eat from it and it was amazing. And then water that came from the rock, God provided for His people while they were in the desert walking towards the promised land. There was some scholars say maybe a million, some say a million and a half or less. Nonetheless, it was a lot of people. A lot of people that were there that needed to be cared for, that needed to be provided for. And God provided for them in a very miraculous way. And God promises to provide for us as long as we're following him, as long as we're staying close to him. God's provision is there for us. And how many would say, thank you, Lord, for your provision upon my life? Man, where would we be without his provision? I don't have time, but I can tell you, miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. I'll say <laughs> Miracles and miracles and miracles of God's provision. Every time we had no place to go in our first church plant, we moved eight times. We were literally the church on the move because things began to grow, you know, and we needed more space, and then we had children coming, and we had no room for them, and then we just kept moving. But every time we moved, there was God's provision. In a miraculous way. God would provide and, and many things. I was involved in a, in a, um, outreach. Let me show this real quick. I was involved in outreach in the northern coast of Melilla, uh, northern coast of Africa in a city called Melilla. Uh, Melilla is a small enclave on the northern coast of Africa. It belongs to Spain. It's nine miles, uh, nine miles long, twelve miles wide. And that's Melilla. It is Spanish territory, yet it is completely surrounded by Morocco. Completely. So there's, there's all kinds of Berbers and Muslims coming in and out on, on thousands, tens of thousands. Uh, it's amazing. We did a humanitarian outreach there several years ago and, and the people responded really well and people were coming to faith and the, and the church that was 40, it grew to like 250 overnight. And then they needed a building. We didn't have a facility or anything like that. And so the pastor was telling me, hey, Gil, what are we going to do? You know, and I thought, I, I don't know. We just did this event. So we needed something, and we needed something really fast. And I didn't know things were going to grow that fast. And what do you do? So we just pray and say, God, what do I do? A few days later, I got a phone call uh, from one of our leaders in missions. Hey, Gil, somebody wants to meet you because they're interested in helping uh, people out in southern Europe. I said, oh, okay. So I went out and met this person in downtown Madrid and didn't know who it was. Never met him before either. And uh, when I met him, he said, my name is David. I said, okay, nice to meet you, David. And he said, my name is David Meyer. Oh, I said, great, nice to meet you. And then as we began to talk, he began to explain, you know, my wife, or he said, rather, my, my mom is Joyce Meyer. And I'm David, his son, and, and I'm part of, uh, in charge of all missions outreach. I never met this man before in my life. Long story short, I tell him what the need was. You know, what we're doing in there and what we needed. We need a place to build a, build a chapel there, build a church, but build, a, build it physically, literally. And I said, I have no money. And he said, you know what, Gil, go home, write me an email, and I'll see what I can do. I go home. I wrote the fastest email. I bah, 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 I was writing. I got my feet Anyway, I was writing this, you know, email. And I said, hey, here's what I need. I, I just honest. You know, and I put a figure there. I just, I just, I put a, I said, I need $25,000 to get this thing going. And I just said, press send. I said, we'll see what happens. Two hours later, two hours later, he writes me an email. David Meyer writes me an email back and he says, Gil, send me the bank account information. I'm going to wire this $25,000 to you so you can build this church. Just like that. Boom. I never met this man before. I'm telling you, this. Listen, this, this, the provision of God is real. I, He connects people. He connects resources. It is out there to build God's kingdom, and and He provided in a supernatural way. And I thought, wow. And then as we were building, we were a little bit short, you know, and uh, we're getting too close to the end, and, and they weren't building nothing extravagant, but but we had to do things right, and there was building codes, and and so we said, well, and then. He wrote me back the pastor, he says out his name was he said, Hey Gil, I need fifteen thousand more dollars. And I thought to myself, Where am I gonna get fifteen thousand? You know, inside I was like, Do I look like a bank? I you know, and I'm like but I said, No, this is this is this is the Lord's work and I God was teaching me to trust him, to depend upon him, to literally lean upon him. And so I was I was coming back real quick in New Jersey for a special meeting and I went to a church and saw a pastor. who hasn't seen me for a number of years. Hey, Gil, good to see you. You know, it was a it was a New, New Jersey flying or something like that that they did. It was anyway. So I they invited me to come and I went. And, but it was hosted at this church and I went. And then the pastor, said, oh, you got to come. You got to speak for me. You know, he didn't know I was coming. I never called him. So I spoke for him. Uh, I came on a Saturday and I saw him. I spoke that Wednesday and I just sharing to the people what was happening. And I said, look, I, I I've got this knee. I just, I need fifteen. I just Fifteenth, I didn't make a Just a short little boop, and then kept going on. At the end of the service, pastor, said, hey, a miracle took place. The pastor said, "I'm thinking, man, someone got you know blasted. I don't know what. What does that mean?" He said, "One person wrote a check for fifteen thousand dollars." I said, "What? I mean, I just made it was a one cent. I just needed it, to, and that's it. And I didn't talk about it. I didn't. I didn't make a big deal about it. I just here's what's happening. One person, and man, God again just wow really showed me." I am your provider. I got this under control. Follow the cloud. follow that 's what I did. I was supposed to go to Melia. It was not part of my ministry. If you look at my job description per se, it was not my that outreach I was doing something else. My friend Marcos called me and said, "Hey, I need your help." I almost said no to him because it wasn 't what, I. but the cloud was moving in that direction at that point, and I had to make a choice. Do I follow or do I not follow? Well, I decided to follow and found how true it was and how real God's provision is upon our lives. God's a faithful God, and he knows how to provide. He really does, folks. Again, I'm just I'm just sharing you my own struggles here, experiences of what, God's been doing, I, you know, as I, we follow Him as the cloud would move and we follow Him, how the Lord would, would provide in a supernatural way. Of course, we, the last point is uh, we see God's power as the children of Israel would follow the Lord through the cloud. And, you know, it was really important for them to understand, whether it was two days, one day, year, just follow me, follow me. Um, and as they began to follow Him, listen to Him and follow Him, God's power was there with them to protect them. They had a few battles in the wilderness, and God was there to protect them. And God's power was present there in a very special way. These were people that lived as formerly as slaves. They weren't probably the best trained militarily speaking. But yet when God's power was on them and showed up, they were able to defeat some of the most hardest and difficult enemies that they had. God's power is amazing. How many are thankful for God's power not this you know mystical it's just it's just you know when God has a plan when God has a purpose these things come together here's so when God has a plan God's purpose and when you and I as God's people follow him these things interject and when they come together whatever needs to happen whatever needs to take place God begins to put these things in place and so his his purpose is you know, because the purpose is important because when you're, it's hard, it's difficult, and you feel lonely, you're hurting, you're, but then you can always go back and say, man, God spoke to my heart, and I'm just, I'm just being obedient to follow Him. And then a sense of assurance and peace comes upon you, and that gives you purpose to continue to go on and follow Him. And His provision, man, I mean, oh, I got this, He wants you to, where? You know, every church that we started, we started, you know, never having the money to start it, literally. And you think, that doesn't, that's a poor business proposition, <laughs> if you think. That's not how you do it. But, you know, we're following God. He says, do this, and there's no money to do it. But he says, follow me. And as we follow him, then things begin to take place, and then his provision kind of shows up in some really unique and supernatural ways. And then his power is amazing. And I'm thankful for the power of God. As we were... Um, building this uh well about 3 years ago let me just real quick 3 years ago we were uh doing the southern europe thing traveling quite a bit meeting there was over 140 missionaries that we had to care for and and provide pastoral care covering we had to uh interject with our uh, national leaders that were in each country and and what are their purposes what are their goals and come together with them and it was great and we are also looking for strategic opportunities as well uh, just real quick on that we're starting to op- we will open this fall a cafe in the, in the island of cyprus you read um, Acts chapter thirteen. It was the first place that Paul and Barnabas went to on their missionary journey. So we're opening there in Cyprus, a cafe, and then the following year we'll follow up with it uh, with a new international church. So real, real exciting. But um, but as we're doing all these things, you know, I was really busy. I was going here, I was going there, and then I, then I get this phone call from from two people called Miguel. And Lydia, Miguel, and Lydia were with us back in 2000 in Madrid when we first started our, our, our first church plant in Madrid. Our church was called Christian Celebration, or as we would say it in Spanish, Celebración Cristiana. You get that? Okay, Christian Celebration. Okay, and so we started, and so we always, like I said, we want to, we figured let's start other churches around the city because it was important. Well, we started this home group uh, uh, about maybe seven, eight years ago, and home group then developed uh, through a period of time. Into a missions point, and then this missions point then became a a, a a independent church with all the blessings of of the mother church Christian celebration. And so when they became when it came to that point of, of starting to be its own independent church, uh, the pastors there, Miguel and Lydia, they called my wife and I. Oh, by the way, my wife is in Spain right now. She's doing a, she had a women's conference uh, a Friday, Saturday, and she's speaking in the church Sunday, so that's why she's not here. So just for you to know. Um, so she's in Spain, and I'm here. <laughs> That's great. And then my, <laughs> that was not negative. I'm not, I not mean to say that, negative. Okay. But my, my kids are doing a, actually, they're doing a BG, BGMC program at another church because they've seen the benefits and were part of us, and our kids always helped us in ministry. And so it's my daughter's 21 and my son is 17, and to see them now doing these things and having their own stories to tell, of how God used them—it's just an incredible thing. So that was for, that was a free commercial, but I just wanted to make that insert that here real quick. So we're so we're I get this phone call from me Lydia uh, about three and a half years ago, and I said, "Hey, can you come help us?" And they said, "Well, what do you need help in?" I said, "Well, we're going to start launching out. You know, we were kind of overseeing this this home group, but now we're going to start launching out on our own, and and we're going to be the pastors of this work, and we need your help." I said, "What do you want?" Well, we want you to help kind of oversee us and. B, We call it in Spanish, um, consejeros pastorales, you know, a pastoral council or over, you know, and, and just, we need your help. And I got to thinking, man, you know, I got so much going on. I got this work here in Greece. I got this work here in Italy. I've got people in the Canary Islands. I got to run into this in Spain. And you know, all, and I say, oh, man, you know. So I said, we'll tell you. we'll pray about it. So we prayed about it. As we prayed about it, you know, we had the sense, again, we had the sense that the cloud was moving in this direction. You know, my my agenda was like, man, my list of things to do was, but the cloud was saying, Gil, Gladys, it's, it was moving. I thought, man, what do I, you know, kind of, what if all oh, those questions, what if this, what if that was, but the cloud was moving, it was talking. I almost said no, but I had the sense that the cloud was moving. I said, okay. you know, didn't know what it would be. Okay, I said, well, we'll say. Okay, we said, we'll say yes. And so we said yes. i got a quick PowerPoint slide I want to show you just as I close here. But of just what happened, this happened recently, but we started, go to the next slide, please. As, we, as I were following the cloud, um, the top two facilities, actually one, two, and three, are that's a small storefront that we found basically to open the church in because they were meeting in homes. They got big, about 40 people at this point, And so it was really, there, there was a, a carpenter shop. Uh, 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 in Spanish, in local de carpintería. I can't say it in English. Anyway, it was a carpet, it was a place where they cut wood, okay? And so we found this place, and we fixed it up. It was all dirty. We, we worked. We fixed it up. Go to the next slide real quick. And then we fixed up this, uh, this place in, in the next slide. Here we go. Okay, just needs a little help. So we got, and so it, there's those pastors there, there's Miguel Lydia, oh, oh, Miguel and Lydia, when they came to our church in 2000 in Madrid, they literally came off the streets, literally off the streets. They came to us, we embraced them, we loved them, and now, now they're the, these pastors of the church, and they came and asked, it's amazing, amazing story. His, his daughter, then my, there's, there's my wife on, on your left, and my son, and of course I'm standing there with my daughter on the right there, and so there we were starting. So this is what the place looked like, and we finally got it all cleaned up and everything. Next slide. And then we began to have services, and so we started having these services. Man, so we had a, we had a Sunday evening service that we started with. Okay, about 40, 50, maybe forty people. Sunday evening service. Well, people started coming. You know, and about a year later, you know, we had a Sunday morning and then a Sunday evening, and then and then a short time after that, we had two Sunday mornings and then a Sunday evening. And I'm telling you, it was it was amazing. We pull all these flags up and everything because, you know, we believe in missions too and we help missionaries there. You know, we're just barely a year and a half years old at this point and it's filling up fast, filling up fast. And here's the power issue. The power thing is people's lives were being transformed. When you follow God, transformation takes place in your life, inside of you, and those around you. And people were just being marriages were being restored and families were coming uh, to the Lord and, and 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 people were that were that were not following were becoming true followers and people were just coming in. and so this thing was going we got to the point where we um we passed the uh, uh, limite del foro what is that when you've got you know what that is right okay um, you have a place you're building and the fire department says you can only put so many in this place. Occupancy capacity. Thank you very much. I do speak English and I did get, sorry. Gosh, man, this is bad. So, and we had to make some change. We got, got to help us here. You know, we're, we don't know what to do and it's growing. So we were praying and man, services were wonderful. It was great. Having a great, great time. Um, and this is why we're doing all the Southern Europe thing. It was crazy, but it was wonderful at the same time. Next slide. And so now we're, we're, we found this facility here. We thought, wow, this could be the answer that we're looking for. We found this new facility. We inquired about it. We talked to the owners, and they said, "Well, who are you guys?" And he said, "Well, we're a church." And they said to us, "Oh man, a church? You guys don't have any money," he says. And they told us no. They turned us down. Well, we still doing the church. The church kept growing, and a year went by. What do we do? What do we do? A Year went by. Then all of a sudden, we read in the newspaper, read about this owner that we talked to before of this facility. Was was conspiring with some other people to sell the, the building, and to find out the other people who was going to sell it to were involved in the mafia, and had some serious, terrible mafia dealings, and it came into the news, not just a written, but also in the regular media news, and it was a big, big embarrassment. Wow, look at that! About a week later, the owners called us back. And said, "Hey, are you guys still interested in acquiring this place?" <laughs> I said, "Really? You mean the church with no money?" <laughs> And so we said, yeah, we're interested. What's going on? So I said, look, you know, so we came in and, and then, you know, we said, okay, let's. this was in, this was in March 2014, March 2000, uh yeah, March. And we said, yeah, sure, you know, and well, we talked to them and I came and we got the price down and it was really nice. They gave us five months free rent, you know, so we can get it, fix it up and, and then we thought, wow, we we'll got it. So go to the next slide real quick. So this was what it looked like on the inside real quick. And so here was this, you know, it was just pretty bare, pretty, you know, we had to make a lot of changes. And and I thought and again there was this you know we see God's hand just ch- change those owners' mind. It's hey they said church has no money, but you know God owns God owns it all. He owns it all. And so Lord God help us. And so to get in this place, this was in March. We had to get in in April. I thought wow you know it was going to cost like forty thousand, forty five thousand euros, around forty thousand euros to, to get in to sign the contract. So I said amigo you know. It's a lot of money, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then we had a meeting with the church. I said, I was praying. I didn't know what to do again. I didn't know what to do. I, re- I said, what do we do? And then the Lord just popped my heart. said, have a meeting with the church and let the church begin to see what, he, what I'm doing. Let's just have a meeting. So I called the church. We called the church meeting. Hey, it's okay? We had a meeting with the church. And we did. We had a church meeting. and We explained to them what was happening, what took place. They knew we were looking. They'd been praying for over a year. So they kind of knew the situation. So we had a meeting with the church and I had it in my heart, I said, Miguel, we've got to ask them to see if they want to be willing to, to give towards this. And it'll be a sign to us if, if God's, you know, there and he's wanting us to, it'll be a sign if we can get this money raised. And he, Miguel said, I can't do that. I says, why not? I, said, I never did this before. He said, Gil, you do it. I said, all right, I'll do the best I can do. So I got up there and I said, hey, church, and I explained to him the whole thing what I was doing. And then I had to then ask him for, you know, for help for this. And it was like, kind of like an auction. I just stepped out in phase and I said, "Okay, guys, how many give me 100? Bring me 200. Bring me 300. Bring me 400. Bring me 500. Bring me thousands, That's a thousand. How many? 200, 300. And we just boom, 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 boom. Literally, folks." You know, these these are hard working people and, and they were just started providing. They, and they started giving sacrificially, and there was this person and there was that person giving. Some said, I'll give a thousand, some said I'll give two thousand. One guy said, I'll give five thousand. You should have seen the pastor. He kind of stood up and said, Who's that brother named me five thousand? It was amazing. I'll give five and and when it was all said and done, we were able to raise forty plus thousand $45, 000, forty five thousand dollars, forty thousand euros was raised in one night. It's a miracle. It was a miracle. 40,000 plus euros. The what? 45,000. And then we, we knew that, man, God's power is there. Then the testimony that came, people finding new jobs, better jobs. Anyway, the provision was there. God's power was there. And then, next slide here real quick. For, next slide. Okay, and this, this, was, this was May of last year, May 29th last year. Not even a year. This is the inaugural service. We were going to get in there. It packed out. Amazing what God's doing. There's like 450 people in there. It's just packed out. Now, we're going to be going to two morning, two morning two Sunday morning services, uh, so we can have more room. It just, it's incredible what's taking place there. This has only been three years, guys. Three-year journey. Okay, Three years. And I'm not saying because we're super smart. I'm not. I like what the person said this morning. You know, it, God just... It's just so true. It's what's on the inside that counts. What's on, If what's on the inside is a willingness for us to say, God, I'm nobody. Okay, As we say in Spanish, Soy un Juan nadie. <laughs> anyway, I'm nobody. But God, if I'm, I'm willing to follow you. And when God sees that willingness on your part and my part to follow him where the cloud leads, then God just comes with his presence. And he be, just begins to make things happen all around you. As he leads you, as he guides you, as he protects you, as he provides for you, as he makes things happen that only can happen in your life because of the God you and I are serving. This is our God. This is our God. And he does some incredible things and will do some incredible things in your life and in my life as we continue to follow his presence, as we continue to follow his word, as we listen to his voice, And follow him as he leads us and as he guides us. God will do the impossible. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray right now that you would help us understand the simple truths. Help us to be aware, Lord, that wherever you lead and guide us, you will provide. Your power is there, your provision, and your purpose comes along with it. I pray you would give us the assurance in our hearts as we follow you, as you put our faith in Jesus. And say, Lord, I want to be your disciple I want to be your follower. Lead us again, we pray. Provide for us and do the only miracles that only you can do in Jesus' name.
0: We uh, express thanks to Gil this morning for sharing with us. You know, I I don't know that it's, uh, like I didn't really communicate too much about what you know, we've been doing here at LifeTree the past few weeks, but so he doesn't know that we just came out of a series called, you know, God of Miracles, and we've been talking about miracles and the power of God at work and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, it was a few weeks ago that my, my father actually was here speaking, and he talked, if you remember, about following the promptings of God. When God prompts you, right, obey it. Just, just respond, respond to the promptings. And then we talked about, you know, when, last week about Mother's Day, Jesus turned the water into wine, and his mother said, What? Do whatever he says. Do whatever he says. And then again today just fall in the cloud. Like it if if I just want to connect the dots in case you're missing this. I think God is speaking (laughs) and He's speaking over and over again because sometimes we're a little thick up here. And He wants us just to understand that, you know what, just do what I say. Trust me. I got this. I mean you hear provision, power, purpose. God provides all those things. And our side is really very simple. Do what he says. And if the cloud moves, you follow the cloud. You know, I think we make, we always, after 15 years of being a youth pastor, I think that, that it's unquestionably the number one question that I got all the time from kids and still hear it from a lot of adults is this. How do I know God's will for my life? How do I know what God wants for me? And we just make things so complicated. It's very simple. God has been very clear so many times about what his will is. You know, if you don't know, there's a, a funny little picture uh, on this Christian parody site. And it's a, a man praying at a table. He said, God, I'm, I wish I knew what your will for me was. And three feet away from him on the table is a Bible. And they said, you know, it's a sad tragedy of a man, you know, so close yet so far from the will of God. Like God's been very clear about what his will for us is. It's, it's, it's love people. Be gracious, be kind, be forgiving. Trust me, you know, respond when I lead you places like just follow those promptings. We go, well, is that really God? Is it we, we wrestle back and forth, you know, just. It's not that complicated when God, if you feel like God is prompting your heart to do something, do it. Get in the word of God. And if, God if you feel like God telling you to do something, if, if it could be something as as small as, hey, go say you're sorry to somebody. But God, do you really want me to? No, God doesn't want you to say you're sorry. He wants you to hold on to your bitterness and your anger. Yeah, like those simple things. If we would just walk in obedience every day, let me tell you, God leads us to places we could never get to. You know where that cloud was going, right? It wasn't just an eternal cloud. That cloud had a purpose. It started when they left right, Egypt and it ended in the promised land. Because that's where God was leading them. That's where he's leading you. God is leading you home. We want it. You want to know where to go? Follow God. He's got you. And you know about that cloud. You know that cloud didn't leave eight from... It wasn't like point A to point B. It wasn't a straight line. Ever. Anybody's life ever just straight line A to B? That's it. That's it. There's been no deviation. It's been a straight walk ever since. You know, you know what it says? It's actually there's a word in scriptures, a verse that says when God led them through the desert, he led them in a roundabout way. Right. You ever see a kid walk through a room? Like if I said, if I told a child, I won't say who, but just a child to walk from here out that door. Look something like this. Right. Like, and they're going to walk through all the seats. They're going to be go because they're just going to explore the journey. Well, that's how God leads you some ways. Sometimes it's not just straight line. The cloud's going to go here because he knows what's there that you can't see. And he's going to lead you over here and then he's going to lead you this way. But he's going to lead you in the right way. That's best for you. It's the best pathway. And you just got to follow the cloud. I so appreciate that message. I think it's just timely for us. I think it's God speaking something because he keeps talking. And he keeps bringing it up. Just do what you know to do And God will take care of all the rest He will provide His power shows up And I love it When you respond to God Not only does He change things in you He changes things for everybody around you Because everybody around you notices You're different Something's going on with you God's leading you and guiding you And you seem to have purpose And there seems to be provision and There seems to be power And guess what? We all got needs We all know we're, we're not as powerful as we should be And we know we, we're just looking for our purpose All those things Follow the cloud don't make, it, don't make it harder than it needs to be Don't do that to yourself Just follow What you need What God tells you to do And if you're not sure what that is Hey, there's Bible reading plans on the back Let's start one today It's a brand new day Really, email me I would love Call me, whatever I would love to help you get started on a Bible reading plan God will walk you through Day by day that's it. He gives you the GPS, the coordinates. He, he guides your life. That's what it's all about. So thank you, Gil. So let's just take a moment and pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for being the cloud. Lord, for not hiding yourself from us, but for guiding us. Lord, you don't leave us to walk our road alone and say, well, Pope, you have a good time and hope you get there. But Lord, with wisdom, and strength and foresight, Lord, you walk before us With compassion and care and love, you speak to us and and guide us and say, this is the way. These are the steps. Follow me. And Lord, you lead us in those best pathways for our life. Lord, wherever that road may lead. Lord, if it takes unexpected turns. If it leads us to challenging and difficult places. May we walk there anyway. Because where you lead us is infinitely better. Than where we would go ourselves. We cannot see the end from the beginning. But you see it all. We trust you. We declare our trust in you. Lord, and in walking it, Lord, that will be an expression of our faith. Lord, let us live what we say. Let us not just be people who talk it. But may we truly walk the walk. I thank you. We commit everything we give back to you today. It's in your great name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were encouraged by this message. For more information about LifeCree, please check us out online at com.